I am Candace, and you're listening to Music for Cupcakes, a podcast all about a bunch of songs that I wrote a long time ago. deviate a little and talk about a song that I did not personally write myself, but I arranged and recorded it. This is actually a song that my partner Ben wrote, although it wasn't like he sat down to write a song on purpose. It actually happened pretty naturally. Our firstborn child, Arden, was a very poor sleeper for a very long time. Part of the problem was that we were new parents and didn't know what we were doing at all. It seemed like none of the advice we had been given about babies had anything to do with sleeping. The baby books and all of our friends just said, you can't spoil your baby, so hold her as much as you can. And babies sleep a lot, so try to sleep when they do. They didn't mention that some babies are actually incapable of sleeping without the aid of a parent. I had assumed that babies just closed their eyes and went to sleep like normal people, but that's not necessarily true. Anyway, our first six months with Arden were just terrible. I was holding and rocking her for all of her sleep, and it is true that babies need to sleep a lot. So I would hold and rock her for four or five naps a day. But when she woke up, she would still insist on being held. And if I had to put her down to, you know, go to the bathroom or eat or something, she would scream until she turned purple. At night, she would sleep in bed with us on our chests. Sometimes we'd rock her to sleep and gently set her down in her crib, but she wouldn't last very long. And as she got older, she still needed assistance going down for naps and to sleep. I would usually breastfeed her to sleep for her nap and then continuously nurse her for the duration of the nap. So it was a lot. Let's back up a little. When Arden was about five months old, I registered for an intensive class as part of my final semester of grad school. It was a week-long class, and it included two nights away for a training camp that involved an overnight simulation where our class group would be taken hostage and chased around the woods until the sun came up by people pretending to be, like, from hostile territory. I obviously couldn't bring a baby with me, so I had to get her ready for spending a weekend without me while I went to this class. We plan on flying my sister-in-law and my nephew to Melbourne to visit us and also to take care of Arden so I could take this intensive class. And I was like, I'm sure Sarah Lynn would love to hold her baby niece for the whole week, but I wanted to be able to give her options. And I also wanted, for myself, to stop holding her every waking moment. So Ben and I went online and we looked up how to sleep train a baby. Sleep training is apparently a very controversial thing. 
I don't think it was very controversial back in the 80s and 90s when I was a kid. I think most parents back then just let their babies cry. And the babies learned pretty quickly how to sleep on their own. Most of our parental figures don't have stories of holding their babies for every nap and every sleep because they actually sleep trained us from the start without calling it sleep training. They probably called it like, welcome to life, baby. (laughs) And also they put babies on their tummies, which is a preferable sleeping position, but it's really dangerous for babies because it can increase their risk for sudden infant death syndrome. So these days, you're supposed to put babies on their backs for safety reasons, even though many of them aren't able to sleep well like this. But then you're supposed to swaddle them to help them stay on their backs, but swaddles don't always work. Anyway, it's like a whole thing. So these days, there's like a whole population of parents who are like, sleep training is so bad for babies. It leads to bad mental health and developmental problems, etc. There are different methods to how parents choose to do it with different levels of compassion. And here in Australia, sleep schools are really popular. Parents bring their babies to these overnight schools. And basically, there are sleep teachers who take the baby, sleep train them for a night or two, and then teach the parents how to sleep train them. We've never done it, but a lot of parents in our area have taken their babies to these places. They might have sleep schools in the U.S. too, but I had never heard of them before we moved to Australia. It's interesting. Most of our friends that we went to for advice about sleep training, they would say things like, I would never let my baby just cry it out. I just let them fuss or whimper or grizzle. And I'd be like, I don't know, our baby is either crying or she's not crying. There's no in-between. But later on, when we had our second child, their advice made a little more sense because Logan was able to bring himself back from a crying fit. Like, he would start crying, and it would escalate a little bit, but then he'd kind of find something else to look at and quiet down. And then he would cry more and then bring himself back. But baby Arden would cry and then cry harder. And then she would start turning purple, and sometimes she would throw up, so it took forever to clean her up and calm her back down after that. So that was what we were dealing with. That's why we felt the need to hold her for every waking moment and every sleeping moment. Anyway, we did end up sleep training Arden when she was six months old, using the semi-controversial Ferber method, and it was actually successful. After a couple of days, we were able to get her ready for bed, put her in her crib, say night-night, love you, all that, and sometimes she would cry, but not for very long, and she slept longer too. She did great for Sarah during the week I was away from my class, although she refused to take a bottle for the first few days, which was not ideal, but that's another story. So for a few months, we had a pretty manageable sleeping baby. She still woke up quite a bit, but I was no longer spending hours holding her and rocking her and breastfeeding her back to sleep. It was really nice. But then, when Arden was nine months old, we took her on her first international trip. First to Hawaii to meet up with my family, 
and then to Seattle, Washington to visit Ben's family. Arden was traumatized by all the travel and the sleep training no longer worked on her when we were in hotels and guest rooms and jet lagged and in a totally new climate. She was miserable and all of our sleep training went right out the door. We held her for most of that trip and when we came back to Australia, we went right back to holding her and spending hours patting her to sleep at night. We talked about sleep training her again, although it becomes more difficult the older a baby gets, and she was almost a year old by then. And Ben was like, we can't do that to her again. We should just try to gently teach her to lay down and sleep. And I was like, sure, that sounds great, but you're gonna do it. I loved my baby, but I was tired of holding her and rocking her and breastfeeding her every two hours at night on top of, you know, the nine months of pregnancy that created her. So for a few weeks, Ben spent hours in her room at bedtime, singing to her, gently talking to her, coaxing her into falling asleep in the crib without being bounced or rocked. Sometimes I would hear him humming, and other times I would hear him singing a song I had never heard before. Sleepy time, it's sleepy time, it's time for sleep. Once he was able to get her to sleep in under an hour, he brought me into the room to learn how to do it so that we could share the load. And he taught me his new song. It's time for sleep. So lay down, lay down. At first, I thought, like, this is a weird song. Most songs, most lullabies, are like four measures long, or at least an even number of measures. For example, take Rockabye Baby. Rockabye Baby on the treetop. That's one. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. That's two. When the bell breaks, the cradle will fall. That's three. And down will come maybe cradle and all. That's four. But this song was five measures long. It took me a little while to get it, but once it did, it totally grew on me. I started hearing harmonies and a bass line. And after a while, I was like, we should record this to remember this time, this song, you know, for posterity. I wanted to keep it as sweet and innocent as possible and arrange it like a whimsical lullaby. So I used a really simple bell accompaniment for the first verse with Ben singing the melody by himself. The strings come in later. So lay down, lay down, lay and that transitions to a full string part with me singing the harmonies. Sleepy time, it's sleepy time, it's time for sleep. For the vocals, I wanted to capture the kind of singing we do at night when we're sleep deprived and exhausted, but still loving and nurturing. So I told Ben to sing it casually, 
Like, don't try to oversing it or make it sound strong. Sing it like it's 3 a.m. and you'd rather not be awake right now. I wanted there to be an instrumental verse and I wanted it to sound whimsical and beautiful. And I think it kind of does, kind of like a little ballet. Usually when I write songs, I hear an arrangement in my head and I try to replicate it as much as I can with the instruments I have. But usually it doesn't sound much like anything I hear in my head. It sounds different and it's sometimes disappointing. However, this is one of those rare occasions where it sounded pretty close to what I had imagined and possibly even better. I wanted the strings to have a pizzicato bass kind of sound. Pizzicato is when you pluck the string instead of like sawing on it with horsehair. <laughs> So I layered the string bass with a bass patch called Upright Studio Bass so that it would sound more like plucking a bass. So this is the string bass part by itself. This is the bass patch by itself. And this is them together. I think it gives a little more theatrical and whimsical quality to it, although I'm sure the real thing would sound even better. I didn't change a whole lot of what Ben's lullaby originally was, but I did make some changes to the ends of the verses. His original song was the first verse over and over again, but it always ended on this note. So in terms of Do, Re, Mi, it always ended on Re instead of Do, the tonic, and it never had a conclusion, which was fine for the first verse because it kind of led to the second verse as a second stanza. For the second verse, I added this to the end of it. And then for the final verse, to make it a proper ending, I extended the last goodnight. I also used this song as an instrumental soundtrack for a few of Arden's birthday videos, which is appropriate and fun and a little bit nostalgic. Arden sleeps really well these days. She's a bit of a bedtime procrastinator, and she doesn't make it easy for us to leave after the final goodnight kiss and hug, but at least we don't have to rock her or pat her until she's asleep anymore. And she usually sleeps through the night now, only occasionally waking at three in the morning and creepily appearing at the side of the bed, whispering about having nightmares about poisonous spiders. We still sing the song for both of our kids, and we'll probably sing it for the next one too. And sometimes they sing it when they're like tucking in their stuffed animals during playtime, and it's really cute.
It's really fun having our own personal family lullaby. Maybe something that we can pass down to the next generation if we have that opportunity. I'm really glad we have a recording of us singing it with the fun and sweet arrangement. And I hope that someday Arden and our other kids can appreciate it. Since I personally did not write Sleepy Time, I thought I would do a little interview with Ben about his memories and feelings about the song. Ben, thanks for joining me for this episode. Thanks for having me. <laughs> did hearing the song again bring back memories? It sure did. Yeah. It um, brought back a lot of memories about that time and what it was like for us to try and teach Arden how to go to sleep and how far we've come. Yeah, you were just singing it to the kids a couple minutes ago. <laughs> yep, it lives on the family, hopefully for, like you said, yeah, maybe someday our you know, future generations will pass this song on to their kids as well. And how do you feel about the song these days? It's extremely meaningful because it's something that we've yeah, we sang to Arden and still continue to. We've sung to Logan now and something that our kids know and and that they, yeah, it's not bedtime for them unless we sing that song. And that's, that is really special to me. And yeah, to know that it's something that I created is, is pretty, yeah, pretty powerful. What do you remember about the process of coming up with Sleepy Time? Like the lyrics, the melody? As you talked about, it, you know, we, we kind of started this process of trying to get Arden to go to sleep on her own. And so I remember spending hours in there. And one of the things that a lot of our friends and family had had with their kids is that they had a comfort animal, right? So some sort of a stuffed toy or um, blanket that they would always cling to and that they couldn't go to bed without. So... Initially, part of my process with Arden was just trying to get her to have that, form that attachment with a stuffed animal, you know. And I remember at one point having like 20 stuffed animals in the crib with her, just trying to hope that she would grab onto one of them and, and that it would become the stuffed animal that would be her comfort that could help her to go to sleep on her own. Well, that wasn't working very well. And I was getting more and more frustrated with constantly having him be in there for hours. So I was trying all kinds of things like singing nursery rhymes and humming because when I was a boy, how I went to sleep was humming to myself and rocking myself. And, and then I did the same for Sarah my younger sister. She and I shared a room and, and got to the point where she was so accustomed to me humming to sleep that after mom would tuck us in, she would say, okay, Ben, you can hum now. And then I would hum a song and put us to sleep. And so I would try and do the same for, for Arden and in hopes that sort of maybe she would kind of do that herself and help herself go to sleep. I remember distinctly one night having a stuffed animal and trying to get Arden to just lay down. The problem with Arden would be a lot of the time she'd be sitting up in the crib and she'd want to play. She'd just wouldn't lay down. So it's like, okay, Arden, it's sleepy time. Arden, it's sleepy time. You need to lay down. You need to lay down. And then I just sort of eventually started to kind of do it in a sing-song manner of just, okay, you know, 
sleepy time, sleepy time. It's time for sleep, you know, and it's like sort of lay down. And I would literally be taking the stuffed animal and having it standing up and then lay it down in the crib in the hopes that she would lay down. And so as I kind of played around with that and just you know, started trying to sing it, so it was more like a lullaby for her, something that would be a bit more comforting than just me talking, then um, eventually she actually did lay down. And so it became, okay, she actually responded to this and is laying down now. So then it just became something that I was doing and started to do every night to try and get her to lay down. And that's sort of how the song came about. And I don't, I don't remember distinctly how I came up with the exact structure or anything, but it just, it just made sense because it was literally what I was telling her to do. It's sleepy time, it's sleepy time, it's time for sleep. Lay down, lay down, lay down, please, so I can go to enjoy my night and go to sleep, so. Well, thanks for joining me for this episode and for sharing your song with us and the world. You're welcome. And thanks for making it something that we could share because I it would just live in our family at bedtime if you didn't record it. Yeah, it's on the it internet. Special. And now, it's, <laughs> yep, now other families can learn it and sing it to their kids too. <laughs> Maybe someone could like do a punk rock cover of it someday. Mm-hmm. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe us. Maybe knows? us. Maybe the mm-hmm. kids. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah. To wrap things up, here is our recording of Sleepy Time. Sleepy time, it's sleepy time, it's time for sleep. Sleepy time, it's sleepy time, it's time for sleep. Sleepy time, it's sleepy time, it's time for sleep. So lay down, lay down, lay down, good night. Sleepy time, it's sleepy time, it's time for sleep. Sleepy time, it's sleepy time, it's time for sleep. Sleepy time, it's sleepy time, Lay 
You can check out this song and some of my other tracks on soundcloud.com slash cupcakecandice or candicek.bandcamp.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. More than just ordinary, I am. More than you could try to keep.